Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of Design Curious Podcast. I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. And today we have an interview with Jill Hornbeck, who is an instructor at Las Positas College since 2001. And I love having the conversation with someone in academia and from a community college program to really give us insight um, to see if that's a direction that you want to go as you're thinking about becoming an interior designer. So let me get into a little bit more about Jill. But first, I want to share with you that we have a free download for you on the three things I wish I had known when I started out as an interior designer. And you can find out what those three things are in the link in our show notes. And that will put you on the mailing list. So you'll get the podcast email every week into your inbox. So you won't miss an episode. And then any bonus content that I occasionally send out, you'll get as well. And just stay up to date on all the things and information about my design mentor. So go ahead and get that download. And now let's learn a little more about who Jill is and why she's here today. She has a Bachelor of Science in Interior Design from UC Davis. She also has an MBA in marketing from Cal State East Bay. She's the owner of Everett Interiors in Livermore, which she started in 1992. And she's been teaching at Las Positas College since 2001. Jill Hornback has always wanted to be an architect and then found working with colors and furniture was a lot more interesting than designing houses and buildings. After UC Davis, she worked at an interior design firm doing model homes and residential design. She then worked for a home building company as a marketing coordinator, working with the sales office doing graphics and public relations. Along with teaching at LPC, Jill Hornbeck runs her own interior design business and has three children. Her advice to potential students is to get experience right away, and there's a lot of awareness about this industry thanks to HGTV, and you need to show that you understand it's more than just putting samples on a board. The products in interior design are more complex than people realize. So having experience with products and clients will help you build confidence in your design skills and your ability to communicate with the many people you will encounter. And in our conversation, I can just tell that she is an amazing instructor. I would have loved to take in a class from her, but I did learn a lot from her in this episode, and I think you will too. So let's get into our interview. You're now listening to Design Curious, a place where you, creative one, are here to learn about what it really is like to be an interior designer. And I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. If you're worried about how to succeed in a creative career, if you're ready to learn your next steps to become an interior designer, and if you want the satisfaction of doing something you love every day, you are in the right place. Grab a coffee, a notebook, and let's dig into today's episode. Hi, Jill. Welcome to Design Curious Podcast. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Rebecca, for having me. Yeah. So I'm really interested to hear how you became an interior designer. For our audience, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're located and what you're currently doing? Okay. Again, my name is Jill Hornbeck, and I'm located in Livermore, California, I am an interior designer and have been a designer for over 30 years. I absolutely love interior design. 
I got started actually in my local high school. Um, I liked taking the drafting classes mm. and I did a few classes at the Academy of Art College between my junior and senior year in high school. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. Okay. So I went off to, yeah, I went off to UC Davis. They had a wonderful design program. Mm -hmm. You could kind of emphasize in interiors or graphic. And I went there for just under four years. I did a lot of internships and that's a really important part of finding out if it's a profession Mm -hmm. that you want to get into. So Summertime, I would come home and I worked for the designers up in San Ramon and Danville. And that way I also got units towards my education. Right. And upon graduating from Davis, one of the internships I had done was a co-op. And a design co-op is an excellent opportunity for designers starting out because there were six of us that owned our own design firms. Mm-hmm. And we met with clients um, that we got through networking and references and referrals from clients existing. And we never were competing with one another right. for business. So it was a great camaraderie where we'd meet at lunch and, you know, ask questions of how do you handle this? And has mm-hmm. anyone seen a polka dot with, you know, pink dots? and, puppies <laughs> and- Right. Someone, you know, had seen one just the day before. And so a lot of just very helpful designers working together. At the same time I was working for, it was uh, Campbell's Carpets, which is a contractor that was meeting with um, home buyers that would buy new homes. And we would meet with them and pick out carpeting and pad and tile and vinyl at those days. (laughs) Um, And I would meet with new home buyers everywhere from Benicia, which is was our headquarters, all the way down to San Jose, San Francisco, out to to Tracy. So that was kind of my weekend, especially my weekend job. In the co-op too, it was really nice. If there was a big job that someone was doing, they would ask other designers to join them. Oh, okay. And so, for example, I did model homes that way because okay. it would be hard for one person for sure. to do a model home. So there were three of us that would go in as kind of contractors with each other and do model homes all around Reno and the Valley and the Central Valley and so forth. So that was an excellent opportunity. At that time, I was also getting my master's degree in marketing. So I have a Mm. master's from Cal State East Bay. So I was also getting married. So it was kind of time to to think about doing something as one job instead of a bunch of jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I went to work for a home builder out in Tracy. It was um, called Surland Homes. They were a small home builder and I was marketing coordinator since that was my master's degree. So Mm -hmm. I had a fantastic side on the other opportunities to interview designers to do models. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. So it was fun to be on the opposite side and see their design talent. And so we put together everything from the sales office to the models, to merchandising the models with the designers, to selling the homes and doing focus groups for marketing and so forth. From there, I ended up going to another builder up in Danville called Braddock and Logan, and they're also for a marketing coordinator position and a lot the same kind of thing. We did a lot of infill projects, which are basically like supermarkets that have gone, you know, foreclosed or whatever that land. And so Mm -hmm. they would come in and buy that and build, you know, small 20, 30 
you know, 10 uh, townhomes or single family homes in different locations. So the same kind of thing did a lot of the marketing part of that. I was still at the same time doing my own design business because that's the wonderful thing about interior design. You can bring it home, you can take it to a studio, you can, you know, be on the road with it. So at that point I started having my family. So it meant moving my business home. So I did Mm -hmm. a lot of just residential clients out of my home and also teaching at Las Positas College. So I began there in 2001 as a design instructor. Mm-hmm. and have been there ever since. So I teach about two classes a, a semester there. Oh, okay. And yeah, so it's a an awesome opportunity to be also seeing all the product as a teacher, making yeah. sure that the students you know, understand the use for the different items. So I was doing that. And I also ended up picking up Kenyatta College there in Redwood City, Ohlone College in Fremont, Chabot College in Hayward. And so Hayward in the Chabot College and Las Positas are like what they would call sister colleges came okay. in the same district. So I actually am teaching there again next semester, another professional practices class. So I just love interior design. I have probably 10 to 15 clients a year just with doing the teaching part of the job as well. And everything's done by referrals of previous clients or friends mm-hmm. through friends kind of thing. So Okay. That's in a nutshell how I got started. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite a journey. Going back in your story, I was interested to understand why you chose to get a master's in marketing. What led you that direction? If you knew like design was always the thing for you, but marketing is kind of a tangent out of that. That's the competition in me. So my sister was going to get her master's and I thought, oh no, there's just no (laughs) way she can have a master's and not me. So That was really my push for that, um, which she became a teacher as well. So that's Mm. the funny part. Without a master's, you can't teach at a community college. So in a sense, that gave me the opportunity to be teaching in that position. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I chose marketing just because it was so closely related to models and, you know, the home building industry, which Mm -hmm. um, was also, you know, a direction I took. So mm-hmm. do you think the marketing also helps you with your own design business? Because we have to do a lot of marketing of our own businesses. So have you found any of that education kind of pull over to your personal business? Or is it just that it was a, is a stepping stone to get you a teaching position? No, I absolutely feel like it's very related. Okay. Our presentation skills, how we present ourselves, you know, and our design ideas. Um, I would definitely say the first company I worked for, she was uh, the marketing director was very into presentation Mm -hmm. of yourself as well as your materials. Um, So I think that really kind of gave me the eye-opening experience that, you know, being professional, presenting your work, clients' expectation is that we are very creative in all Mm -hmm. avenues. Mm -hmm. So we can't have some great ideas, but not a great way to show them. So I definitely think that has helped me venture out and making sure that what I'm presenting is, is something that the client finds professional and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then do you bring in that marketing to your business practices class that you teach? as a part of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, most definitely because a lot of what we do is 
work with our client profile. That's who our client is, what their needs, wants, their lifestyle. And so it's definitely an area that we question our clients as to the direction and what they think of things. So we definitely have to market our ideas to what their needs are. Mm -hmm. When you then decided to take your business home and leave the co-op, did you find that challenging not to have that collaborative circle of designers around you anymore? Or did you still go back there or connect with them frequently to get that feedback? Yeah, definitely. It is hard to be in your home away from colleagues. I think at the time I really was, I, I scaled back with selling of product and went to more consulting. So I think with doing more design from home, what designers have to really think about is um, their resources. So I would say resources in terms of colleagues, as well as the products that they can purchase. Mm -hmm. So I think that helped a lot because it was basically a going out and consulting with clients in terms of space planning, measuring design, but I wasn't selling product anymore. Mm -hmm. Just because really as a designer to be full-time, is when you can sell those type of things. When you're part-time, you don't have as much avenues and abilities to go out and find things to sell to other people. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So going to the education part of becoming an interior designer, you are teaching at several different colleges currently or community colleges. How do you find that the program at the colleges that you're working at different from UC Davis, where you attended, would you recommend one or over the other if someone like is just coming out of high school as opposed to starting over in their second career? So great question. I ponder this a lot because I think when you leave high school and go directly to college, you go for a couple of different reasons. Mm -hmm. So for me to go directly off to a four-year college, it was just the avenue that I felt was best for me. I would say education wise, it was probably not as practical of an education curriculum as I would say, I definitely direct myself to teach more practicalities in a community college. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably just with some of the four years and especially a UC program. And I, another classmate of mine left and went to UCLA to do landscape architecture. And she and I talked about the same thing. We both felt like we came out of a very nice degreed school, but probably not as useful, tangible, practical knowledge behind us to say, Hey, we're off and running. Yeah. So I think that's probably the biggest thing I see in the way that I teach is that we absolutely do client profiles. We practice presenting to clients. We often use real clients. Either I have the students find them on Nextdoor or use a family friend, Mm -hmm. but not themselves because we always tend to design differently for ourselves than having someone who has absolute clear constraints. I have a St. Bernard. I want white carpet. I have... (laughs) 10 kids and I don't want to clean, you know, that is our typical client, not, Mm -hmm. oh, I have lots of money. I want my place Mm -hmm. to look pretty. I have a a cleaner that comes in every day. The sky's the limit. That is never our client. Right. (laughs) So I definitely, you know, try to get 
students to understand that we have to design around constraints and problem solve oftentimes. So mm-hmm. I would say that's the biggest thing that I try to get across mm-hmm. and, and measuring. I mean, I have oh, to be yeah. honest, that is a struggle for people all the time. Yes. Um, so is measuring with a tape measure and then scaling things out. Um, So we go over that quite a bit. So most of my students at the community colleges, I would say 80% are what I call re-entry. So they've been someplace else in a career or education, Mm -hmm. and now they're coming back to a passion or a change of career. Mm -hmm. I would say the other 20% are out of high school, and I will oftentimes encourage them to do two years and transfer just because I feel at 18 and 22, it's a great time to spend time at a four-year degree mm-hmm. for whatever that you'd like, you know, to uh, have as a career mm-hmm. for the students that are re-entry. They have something already. I usually have them do like a certificate program yeah, um, and that's our 10 classes and most of the, the colleges so that they have already some education. I guess the other biggest thing is I try to have them do an internship. I just remember some of the students say, oh, I have classes. And then I go into this and I don't really like what I was doing. Mm. Great. It's better today than in four years. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I definitely kind of approach different based on the age of my students that, you know, I could see like go off and get a four year, stay, do your certificate, start working. Mm -hmm. So real good. With the curriculum at your college is more residentially focused. Um, I don't know if you found at UC Davis, if you had a lot of commercially focused classes or not, but I tend to see that the four-year degrees are really geared towards working in a more commercial environment, whereas the community colleges might have more residential classes as an offering. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say at Davis, it was definitely a 50-50 residential and commercial. I would say at most of the community colleges, it is more of a residential program. I have another classmate that went to Cal Poly and she does commercial interior design. And that at that time that they were offering, like I said, more like you said too, four-year colleges have kind of a Mm -hmm. blend of that. So I think the other thing about that is that if you're a reentry student, you might be looking at doing self-employed. Mm-hmm. So you tend to find yourself doing more residential work that way yeah. than doing commercial work. Right. So where you're likely to work for a larger firm or something. Correct. Yeah. Do your students towards getting any, like in California, the certified interior designer or taking the NCIDQ, would they qualify for that coming out of your program? Typically, they have a more stringent basis for being able to uh, uh, take the tests. So I think Chabot has a more geared towards program where with their units, they're in KBA, so the National Kitchen and Bath Association approved. Mm -hmm. Um, Las Positas is not, and I believe that Ohlone is not, but um, Kenyatta is. So I think with our particular college, we aren't set up to have that program go through. We discuss it and Mm -hmm. we've had colleagues that are ASID and we have colleagues that are not. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, students are really just how many clients ask or try to qualify you with something like that. 
it's kind of really up to the to the student in this situation wanting to go on to more education and making sure that they can qualify, you know, to take the test and mm-hmm. become California certified. Yeah. So what would you say is the best way then for a person to get started in the design field? So I would say classes for sure, like one or two a semester, because most people still need in California need to be working. (laughs) So, you know, don't quit your day job. Um, But I would definitely say take one or two classes, find out if it's something that you're enjoying. I would say all of our programs we have probably in the different colleges I teach at, they have maybe 40 to 50 students going through the program. Mm. So totally tight knit, very, you know, bonding experience with the, the students, Mm -hmm. they have to present, they have to critique one another. They are always super nice and Mm. respectful of one another. So I think that that mostly pertains to, again, these small knit programs at a community college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really the starting point because if you take the extra time in the evening to take a class, that shows you have some passion for that. And then once you get to the point where it's something that you're enjoying to do, and if you can scale back your other job or add an internship or even weekends, and I never discourage students from not even getting jobs at like Lowe's and Home Depot. Mm-hmm. That is super good public experience. Any one of those people could be their client at any moment. Right. And then just product knowledge. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a great place to get product knowledge for even the smallest of, you know, anchors for wall hangings or, you know, to right. appliances. So yeah, yeah. paint stores also, so, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. just great experience that falls right behind the backing of, of designers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then while they're taking maybe a few courses and you know, working, hopefully getting able to get a job at one of these places, what kind of skills are they needing to develop while they're? That is an excellent (laughs) question because I think a lot of people feel like computers are the only thing you need to learn in this industry. And it's a hard thing at the college level to offer a computer program that's going to take you into the next 10 years. So I would say, some of the basic things that we teach drafting, manual drafting. Mm -hmm. So using a scale, drawing out floor plans, measuring, and then being able to space plan product identification and, and material sourcing. And we do use a program at Las Positas called Envisioner. It's a, what we call a soft CAD. So it'd be almost even easier than I would say a chief architect. Okay. Whereas Chabot will do AutoCAD. Okay. I think the biggest thing for that is that when I especially taught at Kenyatta, most of my students were wanting to have their own business out of their home. They would never buy and use AutoCAD. Okay. Yet that was one of the classes that they had to take. Mm, So they've since changed that. But so we do Envisioner. It's probably a $1,300 program a year. It is super well, the students wouldn't say super easy to, to learn because it takes some time, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more manageable than AutoCAD price-wise and the use-wise. A lot of the students will do like Revit or they will do SketchUp on their own time. Because again, as a college, we have a time introducing new or past or other different programs that we can't fit into 
um, you know, our, our certificate program. So yeah, I always tell students, look at the job, the dream job you want, go on to indeed.com print off they're asking for and market yourself with that job in mind. I need this skill. I need Envisioner. I need AutoCAD. I need Excel and Word. I mean, typical invoicing and and job, you know, letter writing and everything's super important. Right. And then along with all of that comes problem solving and just Mm -hmm. being that designer that works with two people trying to make decisions both financially correct and design correct and trying to mesh those two people's, you know, choices. Yeah. So I would say there's a lot of business side to it that, you know, my professional practices class, they're like, this is my last class. I didn't want to take this. Well, <laughs> it's super important. It is. Money. Yeah. I mean, we love doing what we love to do, but we have to actually have it as a money-making skill. Right. So I would say, you know, just typical computer programs. I even have students that will take the like Envisioner class and then they actually market to designers that have just don't have any of the computer skills. And that's all they do is do space planning and yeah. plans for designers. Nice. Yeah. So I would say those, those are the important skills. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, really easy for a designer to outsource drawings to someone else. And so that's, that's such a marketable skill for an up and coming designer to have so that they are valuable to a prospective designer. And I always don't let them forget that the manual drafting, as well as rendering and sketching are skills a computer can't do. Yeah. And your power goes out, you're on an airplane, the internet, whatever it is, you still have to be able to come up or even standing in front of the client or, you know, having to draw or sketch or render. Mm -hmm. Um, We took a field trip to an architect's office down here in Pleasanton. And one of the things I, I still remember, and I tell the students all the time is they would present their drawings to clients in China and they started to have their perspectives done hand rendered and they were more intrigued and fascinated by that someone did that by hand as opposed to what they've always seen the computer do with graphics oh yeah Mm -hmm. so they actually turned it around and took people off of the computers for the perspectives and actually put them on you know watercolor and you know marker and everything else and it was an art piece yeah as opposed to what everybody else could do on the computer right I hadn't thought about that that they could turn around and become a desirable thing to have that handmade mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Really good. Yeah. Okay. So a new designer is then, you know, coming out of your program, they maybe want to start their own business. And so what are you telling them as far as like charging and um, how to deal with prospective clients and things like that. So I usually tell them, even as a student, they need to charge per hour for families and friends and all of that kind of stuff, because we all know (laughs) that you'll work harder for a family member for nothing than you Mm do. So I usually start about like telling them that they should be charging like $50 an hour while they're a student Mm -hmm. and then go up to about 75 to a hundred dollars once they become, um, you know, once they've finished our program Mm -hmm. and our Bay area, we can probably charge up to about three fifty an hour. Mm -hmm. And I, in this class also tell them that 
there was once a time where I went into a client's home and I charged her like $200 and she didn't think I was very good because my price wasn't $300. (laughs) So again, thinking about like, wow, you're not marketing to that person if you're not marketing yourself as a higher per hour designer. Right. Like I said, I've been doing this a long time. The other client that I had, I realized I was more there as a friend than a designer. So her husband would come by and say, are you enjoying yourself, honey? And I had spent like three or four hours and with her and she was showing me stuff on hows and things she liked and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes would text me, do you think I should buy this or that? But I really understood that this was her like time. He was watching football with the boys. This was her time to kind of spend time with another lady and a designer that would, she could bounce ideas off. Mm, mm -hmm. So I kind of remind him that sometimes our job as designers aren't really designing. We could be just there entertaining or, you know, like I said, it's, that was a different thing, but those things can happen. And we talk a lot about spending a lot of time with our clients where, you know, once we're done with a project, there's, you know, a little bit of disconnect from, from them thinking, well, I was seeing somebody coming to my house and something was happening every day for the last, you know, six months and now Mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. And to kind of, you know, make sure that, that, that all works out. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they just have to come up with another project to get you back. on Right. Exactly. (laughs) And and they do. Yeah. 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 So, And and then I would say in terms of the job market, I would say with resources. So like last night, our field trip for our class was doubling glass. So the guy was fantastic. He owned the company and all he talked about is like things to know as designers with working with shower doors, tabletop Mm. glass, cabinet Mm -hmm. glass. And so even as our students go through our, our programs, the field trips provide them with resources. So now they could easily call up Mike and say, Hey, I have a client. Can you come out and do this? So we go to like tile stores, kitchen and bath stores. We did a field trip at uh, Lowe's for just the casing and the mm. baseboard and all the moldings, mm-hmm. because as designers, we have to spec that and know how they're yeah. supposed to be used and installed and, and so forth. So when they go through those particular classes and field trips, there's the opportunity to talk to the owners mm. and to talk to the salespeople to get cards. And then as they start their business, they have places they can resource, go to say, I was a student. I was here. I remember this. I'm bringing in the client, all of that kind of stuff. So right. some of those are past students that work at these places. So that also gives them, you know, the ability to work with other people that are 10 years out of the program or something. Mm-hmm. That's a great opportunity. I hadn't thought about that, like starting to learn where their resources are while they're in school. So mm-hmm. really good. Is there anything else that you would recommend to designers that are thinking about getting into or people just thinking about getting into the career? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, one or two classes. I think our type of teaching has changed. So we've Mm. gone, you know, obviously in the classroom to online to now combinations. So I think just making sure that people look at the different ways the classes are taught and how they learn best, because I'm finding that students will tell you they learn best when they're in person, but then they don't sign up for those classes. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So, and then this is such a kind of like a hand program that when you're online, you have the resources, you have to spend the time looking and learning and doing the videos and that type of thing. If it's an, if it's an online class, Mm -hmm. um, if it's an in-person class, you know, stay back, talk to the instructor, make sure you have your materials, your scales, your tape measure, and you know, that you're really knowing what you're doing as it pertains to understanding the material. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And so you say you're still practicing as a designer currently. So do you yes. have like a website and portfolio people can go and check out? It's funny. I don't. Um, oh. I don't because most of my clients are referrals. So I've done a job for them or a family friend or so forth. So I end up usually I have a couple of different PowerPoint slide presentations that I send them of if they're interested in doing a bathroom, it's a collection of bathrooms I've done or a kitchen and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I find that managing and then I don't spend money on the professional pictures. So (laughs) to put a nice website together in my marketing class, we talk a lot about just having to make sure that you pay extra for all of the professional photography. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then it doesn't really make sense to, you know, have a website. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess you're just referral only, which is also really great and can take the jobs that you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great talking to you and getting the perspective from the academic side of it. So, and hearing yes, your thank story. Thank you, Rebecca, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you. So I really appreciate all the advice that Jill has and uh, really understanding like the two-year degree and the four-year degree and what, and really deciding what's best for you. Um, not everyone's going to have the same answer. She has such a varied experience. And so I just loved having that conversation and I hope to have more with people in the academia as well to just kind of round out our advice that we're getting from designers on should I go to school? Should I not go to school? Of course, you know, my opinion on that, that really, like I said, it depends on who you are, where you're at in life, and what what really is going to leave you satisfied with starting out in the career. So you can reach out to Jill if you have any other questions, or if you would like to go take a class from her. Um, you can find her information in our show notes. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. We love to get feedback from you to make sure that you're loving all of these interviews as much as I am. And so stick around for another great episode next week. I will be talking about the importance of being coached. And ahead of that, I wanted you to be aware that um, I'm going to be talking about the coaches that I work with. And two of those are Kimberly Selden with Business of Design, and she'll be on the podcast coming up here pretty quick. And then also about Toby Fairley's program, Design You. And I wanted you to be aware because Design You is open this month. They have their doors open, but they will be closing on the 29th. And so I wanted to make sure that you can get in there before they close, if that is something that you're interested in doing. And I'll kind of talk about that next week. But if you had Design You on your radar, I just want you to be aware that those doors will be closing on the 29th. So go ahead and click on the link that I have in the show notes, and that will 
tell them that you came from Design Curious, that you are primed and ready to learn about design. So go check that out and stay tuned to find out if interior design is the career for you. And until then, stay creative. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode, please leave a rating and a review. This helps me reach other curious creatives like you. If you have a topic request or would like to contact me, simply head over to my website, rwarddesign.com or email me at podcast at rwarddesign.com.